Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. And as we end our summer series, we've been talking about nature the whole summer, but this month we've been really focusing on mountains. And as we end this, um, God has given us a direction to talk about the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel and how we, and, and also zeroing in on his emotional state in this moment. We also know that emotions are a huge part of our life. Emotions are a huge part of our lives. Emotions can either break us or can really set us forth in every aspect of our lives, from the valley experience to the mountain times. If we do not know how to navigate our emotions from defeats or success, our emotions are going to crush us or they're going to catapult us to our purpose. Our emotions are either going to crush us in the middle of the season or it's going to catapult us to what God has for us. And last week we spoke about Elijah coming off the greatest victory at this point of his life. And that's defeating the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And we see that the next thing that he did, as we talked about last week, was he went to go hide himself. An act of surrender and prayer. And then what what Elijah's purpose was in this season was for God to use him to bring the rain. And we talked about last week how God, you know, as Elijah surrendered himself, he had to go through a waiting season. He had to go through different things, but the rain came because when God says it, it will happen. When God says something in your life, it doesn't matter if it takes one day or three days or three weeks or three years. If he says it, he is true to his word. He will not lie. He will not faint. He will, he will accomplish what he says in your life. See, the many victories in our life are not just our purpose. We need to go after what God has said. And yet those moments we need to celebrate, but we truly need to go after what God has for us. And the purpose of Elijah with that season, we said, was the rain to come in the midst of a drought. So Elijah surrendered to the purpose. He waited, but then he activated his faith and the rain came. So now we're going to move to the next chapter in this, in, in, chapter, in chapter 19. And it, this, this, this whole story of Elijah kind of takes the turn for the worse through Elijah's emotional state. Let's turn here to 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1 and 8. We're going to give some context to what we're going to be talking about today. It says, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah has done and how he killed the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as a life of one of, the, uh, one of them by this time tomorrow. So she's basically giving a, a death threat. She's saying, hey, if by this time tomorrow you ain't dead, I ain't doing my job, basically. So she, she's, she's de- she gave him a death threat for what he did. And then it said, then... He was afraid, and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down by a broom tree, and he asked that he might die. He said, enough now, O Lord, take my life. I am no better than my father's. It's crazy 
that a man of faith, a man of great faith, who just stepped in front of hundreds of people and stepped out in faith in one season and his emotional state changes his perspective and now he's running for his life. It's crazy what our emotions can do in an instant if we don't know how to control them. This is Elijah. This is the same guy that talked to the, the people of Israel and said, hey, stop punking out. If God is true, go after God. If Baal is true, go after him. But guess what? God will prevail and God send the fire. This is the same Elijah that had the faith to go on top of the mountain and pray and pray that the rain will come. This is the same man, one moment having so much faith and another moment living in so much fear. How did this happen? His emotional, his emotional state. Uh, it's crazy to see this, that our emotional states really did dictate our life. Um, it's all wrapped around this word we call fear. Franklin D. Roosevelt said, the only thing we have to, to fear is what? Fear itself. Henry Ford, um, he, he's, he's a pretty big guy. Um, he, he said this, one of the greatest discoveries a man makes, one of his great surprises is to find he can do what he was afraid he couldn't do. Fear. Fear can grip us. Fear is a real emotional state. Fear is real in our life. But more so often, if we don't deal with fear, fear will deal with us. If we don't deal with, deal with fear, Fear is going to deal with us. There's many people in the Bible that dealt with this sense of fear. Jesus himself, before he went on the cross, he wasn't fearful, but it was this, it was his man side kind of came out where he said, hey, God, um, I know what I have to do, but, you know, take this cup away from me. He, Jesus was like, hey, I, I'm, I'm all man and I'm all God. And my man side right now is knowing what's going to happen to me on that cross. It, it was a sense of fear. He wasn't fearful because, you know, Jesus said in, in one breath, hey, take this cup from me. But then he also reminded himself who he was. And he said, but not my will. Let your will be done in this place. You see, fear can grip us because fear, because the fear of Jezebel giving him this death threat, it took this man of faith in one season, but then running in another season. I truly believe Christians these days are running from God, not because of what things that happened to them, but really because of fear. Fear, something happened in their past. Something happened that they got hurt in the church and they don't want to give God a chance again. It's not because God isn't real. And you, you talk to those people, they're like, they're like, hey, what do you believe in? I mean, I believe in a bigger power. I believe there's something up there. But at one point, they believed in God. At one point, they came and came to church and they, and they gave and they did what they, they served. But how can in one season, you can be so on fire, but then the next season, it changes. For some people, that's fear that they're dealing with. Fear is a snowball to many emotions that we deal with in a constant basis. And this is what happened to Elijah in this season. Let's see what, uh, let's see what emotions he went through as he came to navigate these emotions of fear. But fear is real, but God is also real as well. See, we're gonna, I'm going to have um, somebody come up here. Her name is Wanda. And she's going to tell you her testimony. And she's going to tell you how season of her life probably was gripped by fear or something that was holding her back. 
but how God prevailed in her life as well. Come on. Good morning, church. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I was asked um, by Jazz to do the team rally this morning. And as I was studying this week, God um, put this on my heart. I'd like to bring your attention to Genesis chapter 3, verse 4. We all familiar with the story when Adam and Eve ate the fruit. In verse 4, it says, You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from, your, when you eat from the fruit, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. But we know that was all a setup, right? It was like the ultimate setup. And when they ate the fruit, their eyes was open, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made the covering for themselves. And in that moment, I feel like that's when doubt came into the world. That's when negativity came into the world. That's probably even when racism came into the world. And so um, in my life, like he was saying, um, I went to college 2012. I was in um, a toxic relationship, and some things were said, some things was done, and I basically, like Adam and Eve, started hiding um, my voice. I started talking. I stopped going to church. I started losing the confidence that God had over my life, and oftentimes, you know, when we start listening to other people, we lose what God truly says about us, and I started going deeper and deeper. I basically lost my mind, and I started thinking about suicide. And in that moment, in that attempt of suicide, I can't even explain to you guys. The, it was like a, a hug that came over me. It was like a hug from God saying, daughter, who told you? Who told you that you wasn't good enough? Who told you that you wasn't beautiful enough? Who told you? And scripture says, whole capture of the thoughts that we have. So I want to encourage you today. Who told you that you wasn't educated enough? Who told you that you had to be a certain age to live for God? Who told you that you was too old to start again, to leave that job of 15 years that's not serving you any purpose? Who told you? God said you have purpose. God said you have vision. God said you, I have clarity in you. Once we know that it's a spiritual attack, God said, I am here you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not believe. Eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard. God said, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. I knew what I was going to do with you when you was in a womb. So I want to encourage you today to just hold fast, get in your word, and really hold captive of your thoughts. Because what God says is the only thing that matters. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Hello, hello. Give it up for Wanda one more time. Such a powerful testimony of how an emotional state can take us out of who God really called us to be. See, here in the story, we see Elijah, the man of faith, dealing with fear. And how can we deal with fear in our life? Number one, fear leaves you running. 
fear leaves you running. <clears throat> Let me tell you today, fear is real. People that, are, that tell you that fear is not real are, 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 are lying to you. You know, we have this thing in the church world where if people are fearful, they, we say, oh, you're not trusting God. They're lying. Because fear is real. Um, because there's times where fear is so heavy in our life. But what happens, what happens is we, try, we, do, we dwell, we sit in fear, and it becomes unhealthy living in our life. There's a difference between dealing with fear and living with fear. We, we all have a choice. Fear is real, but when we have a choice in what we do with that fear, fear makes us live a life of running. Live a life of constantly striving to get attention, running from, from, from our past, running from the things we really have to face. It leaves us running. When fear shows itself, we park our lives in fear. We put the emergency brake and we just stay there. Because in reality, sometimes we hate fear, but fear makes us comfortable. Because we, we, we have some kind of comfort. We have some kind of control in our life. But I'm here to tell you, when you give the control back to God, yeah, fear might be there, but you don't have to live in that depression. You don't have to live in that anxiety because fear is real. But there's a God that is so much bigger than what you're dealing with. Give it to him today. And Elijah was dealing with that. Elijah, you fought 450 men. You killed them. God showed his, his massive power. And one lady, one lady told you that he's, she's going to kill you and you lose it all? Words matter. Especially the words of a woman. <laughs> men, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you can have a good day. And I can go there. All right. Words matter. Words matter. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25 says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. She says, word either give life or death. And this message from Jezebel derailed his life. And now he's running away from what God delivered him from already. See, sometimes we go in circles in life is because we're trying to find the deliverance when God has already delivered you. You're just trying to live, relive it all over again. God is there to deliver. When we park in fear, it, we, we, our running is a coping mechanism to what we need to face. See, we, we, instead of us facing our issues, we run away from them. And then we feel all weird and we feel all fearful in our life is because you're running from something God wants you to face. Oh, but God doesn't want me to deal with all these issues. No, he doesn't want you to deal with it, but he wants you to grow from it. And we have to deal with these fears that in our life, unfaced fears turn into unwanted life decisions. Unfaced fears turns into unwanted life decisions. Elijah Fear took him 80 miles away from what God wanted him to do. What happens when you run in your life? When you live a life of running, you lose time. You lose growth. You lose passion. You lose pursuit. You lose your, your peace because running leads you to more destruction and running leads you to more distractions that you're not willing to really give in your life. But you're activating your life because you're running away from it. 
Elijah, you, you, you were a man of God, but now you are running. You have to face this thing. You faced it before. You faced it with 450 men and prophets. Why can't you face one thing? Because that one thing, you know what I'm talking about? That one thing is the thing that if anybody knew, they wouldn't like me. That one thing is that thing that, that I try to give it to God and I always continue to move back and do it. And, and I'm fearful that if everybody, if somebody really knew, what would they say? Elijah dealing with this. Sometimes you have to look back at what God did that brought you from it and see how you overcome the fear to, to, to really move into the future that God has for you. Elijah, if you would just take a moment and think about a couple weeks, a couple months ago, where you stood in front of a whole nation and said, enough is enough. We're going to kill these idols. If you sometimes you have to look back at what God did for you to really be faithful in what God is going to do. Because fear is in the middle and fear wants you to say, hey, the fear of the unknown out there, you can't do it. You can't you can't walk in it. You don't have the resources. There's always going to be something that is fear grip you. It's always going to be the fear of the unknown. I hate the fear. of the We are trying to buy a house in the worst, the worst time to buy a house in our life. If you see us in a tent, we're not homeless. We just don't have a home. Fear this week has gripped me. I'm like, as a man, you're like, okay, our house sold in like 2.4 minutes, all right? It, 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 they sold. We're going to closing in a couple months, and we can't find a house. So in my life, I'm like, I'm, it can be little simple things like that. It don't have to be an addiction. It can just be something that grips you and can derail you if you don't know that, hey, fear is real, but I can overcome as well in my life. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25 says, fear of a man of, of a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe. Second Timothy chapter 1, 7, it says it like this, for God gave us the spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. There's that word at the end of it, self-control. That means that I can be in fear, but I am still stable. I, I, I might be a little scared in this season, but guess what? I am not movable. God has not changed. My identity hasn't changed in God. God is not far. He is still close. I might be in fear, but I am not unstable in my life. You got to speak truth over your life because if you don't speak truth, you're only going to listen to lies. And fear will grip you and take you away from God, what God has for you. So when we sit in fear... This is what it does to us. Number two, it, it's isolation and overthinking. Isolation and overthinking. Fear leads us to isolate ourselves, then leads us to overthink the purposes God has for our life. Have you been there before? Where things happen, and instead of, you know, going to God or, or getting help with it, you isolate yourself. And when you isolate yourself, you only got one person to talk to, and that is yourself. <laughs> and you wonder why you're thinking these things. And you wonder why you're activating these because you have isolated yourself. And you, when you isolate yourself, you only got you as your accountability. And if you think you can do it alone, you messed up because you can't. 
You can't. This is what Elijah did. Elijah ran to a place and hid himself in fear. Then he isolated himself. Then he started thinking these thoughts. Be careful of the declarations you tell yourself in a moment of weakness and fear. Be be careful of the words you speak over your life in the moment of weakness and fear. Because number one, isolation is the worst thing you can do when you don't know what to do. It's the worst thing you can do. Elijah, uh, uh, he isolated himself, went away, left his servants. He went by himself and he started thinking of the things to the point where he said, I want to die. I want to just end it all. Isolation makes you think that you are totally alone and no one cares. And that's a lie. And that is a lie. Verse 4 says, Elijah said this in verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. This is how fast our emotions can take hold of us. In a moment, he's telling the Israelites, kill your idols. And now he's saying, enough, kill me, I'm done, enough. I I see my past failures. I see my failures, not only of me, of of generations before. I don't want to do it anymore. Sometimes... The generational curses that we need to kill in our life starts with our mindset. It starts with our mindset. When we isolate ourselves, we start activating things that, that, that we didn't like in other people. Sometimes in our own family. Sometimes some, some of you have ad- addictions in your family that ran from generations to generations. And at one season in your life, you're like, hey, that's not going to be me. But in the weakest seasons of your life, what speaks to you? And what happens is if we don't have people to stand up to break these generational curses, it's going to go from generation to generation to generation. I ask you the question today, are you willing to be bold enough to say enough is enough? Because we have people that are dealing with stuff. This is what Elijah is saying. He's saying, I know what my fathers did. I know the Israelites in the desert where they disobeyed God. I know when they were fearful. I know when they were dealing with so many things, dealing with idol issues. I I am just as them. He looked back at the failures of his fathers and now becomes his identity in the present. Because fear gripped him, he started looking at other places for who God called him to be. We we have to understand that these emotional states in our life can't derail us from our identity with God. Just because you're jacked up, you are still called a child of God. This is what the enemy wants you to know. Hey, you messed up once, you can't go back to church. Hey, hey, you screwed up once. Guess what? They're, they're not going to respect you again. That's a lie from the enemy. You have to know that you are still called a child of God. He doesn't look at your past to determine your future. He sees you just as you are. Yes, you might be doing some crazy things, but God said, come as you are. I will wash you as clean as snow. You just have to come to me. But what we told you sometimes in church as a lie, is first get clean and then come to God. 
How the heck are you supposed to do that? How are you supposed to do that? Oh, get right. You, you need to fix some things. And we became, we made a generational curse in the church. And we see generations that are falling away from God because we said a lie. God said, listen, if that was the case, we wouldn't have any characters in the Bible. They were all jacked up, screwed up. We're talking about Elijah, this man of God in one instant. I'm a man of God and running away. Say, I'm, a, I'm a coward. <laughs> you are not too far away from God. God is right there. He still loves you. He's still, you're still the apple of his eye. I'm here to declare some promises over your life because you've been listening to lies so many times. I'm here to tell you that God is still running after you. As you come towards him, he is running five times faster after you because he said, I created you. I made you. You are my child. It doesn't matter what you did. It matters what you can become. He says, get up, brush yourself off, and be who I called you to be. You've been there before where you have been, you wake up and you're having a good day. I mean, you're just like, we're on worship music, you're going, and then out of nowhere, a thought comes and it just ruins your day. Have you been there? I hate that somebody said Tuesday. <laughs> you've been there before where God is, you, I mean, you wake up and you, it's not on the wrong side. You, the coffee was just right. You got up on time. You're not running late. And then the traffic hits. Or then that thought comes. We have to understand that our moods and our emotions can change in an instant, but we have to have control over that. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion rise against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought. We need not to, uh, we, we need not to let our thoughts become actions in our life. Elijah had to destroy the thoughts. He said, enough is enough. I don't want to do it anymore. But you know what the remedy to isolation is? Community. Let me say that again because people don't like community sometimes. Especially in a world where it says isolate. <laughs> the remedy to isolation is community. You expose it and you grow from it. You get around people that don't judge you, that just love you, and say, hey, I'm just as jacked up as you. That's why it's so important for us to gather together. That's why it's so important for team nights. That's why it's so important because it makes us grow. It makes us not live life in isolation and in our overthinking. It makes us think better about ourselves. It makes us put us in paths that is going to go towards righteousness. Community is so important in your life. Elijah took the community away and stood by himself, and he started talking some lies to himself to the point that he wanted to kill himself. That's why community is so important. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it says, let us not consider how to, uh, consider how to stir up one another in love and works, not neglecting meeting together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as the day draws near. It says, as the day draws near. Hey, let me tell you something. Jesus is coming soon. And it says there, as the, as the days draw near of his return, we have to draw near to each other even more. 
because there's going to be more times of us to want to isolate and it's going to destroy what God is doing. Do not isolate. Do not listen to the mind games. Do and be who God's called you to be. You're not disqualified because you are in fear or despair. God says in, 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 in Psalms chapter 34 verse 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those with a crushed spirit. Just because you're down doesn't mean you're out. Continue to move forward what God has for you. And as I close, Tony, the Lord spoke to Elijah in this moment. Elijah moved away. He, he got away from the situation instead of facing it. And then God had to show Elijah, hey, Elijah, just because you ran doesn't mean I never left you. In verse 9, it says, there he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? I, I love that verse. It, it's just like Wanda said. God, God spoke to her and said, you know, like, what are you doing? What, what are you doing here? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord. God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, <clears throat> and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I, the only one left, I will seek my life to be taken away. And he said, go and stand before the mountain. And behold, there passed a great storm wind toward the mountains and broke it into pieces and rocked before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went and stood in front of the entrance of the cave. And then God asked him again, what are you doing here, Elijah? Fear, number three, fear was going to lead us to excuses in our life. Elijah gives excuses. Fear, excuses, gives fear the gasoline it needs to be the wildfire in our life. It, it was fear. And Elijah comes to this moment. And God asks him the question. What are you doing here? Why are you running? Like, wasn't I with you before? And don't you believe that I can be with you? again God is asking you today God is asking this question what are you doing do you remember who you are do you remember what I got you through do you remember the power you used to live in what are you doing you, I got you through that toxic relationship you overcame that addiction you forgave when you even shouldn't forgiven, but here you stand in the midst of your excuses. What are you doing? We have to be reminded that in the midst of our fear that God is still there. 
We need to leave our excuses aside and live through faith in our fears. God said, I am here, Elijah. I didn't leave you. You you need to stop running. I have not left. I am still here in your life. And he's telling you today the same thing. This fear was real, but Elijah had to do one thing. Number four is listen to the right thing. There are going to be multiple noises in your life and the noise you listen to is going to determine the victory of your season. When you are in the lowest of lows, what noise you hear matters. The wrong opinion will derail you. The wrong lie will set you afar. The wrong declaration will will hurt you. You have to make sure that you're listening to the right noise because it said that Elijah stood on the cave And a great wind came, tore the mountains apart. But it said God wasn't in the wind. Then an earthquake came. That should get his attention. But it said he wasn't in an earthquake. And then a fire came. But he wasn't in the fire. Then a small whisper. And instantly when Elijah heard that, it said Elijah heard it. And he went to back to that posture of surrender that he left. Said he hid in his face. And God said, what are you doing? Elijah, you are a man of faith. Now you heard this voice and now you feel like a man of failure. But God in the still small voices in our life will get us back into the posture that we need to be and that is surrendering to him. In Exodus chapter 14, 14 says, the Lord will fight for you while you keep still. Sometimes the loudest voices in your life are the scariest voices. I had to learn that the hard way. There's some people that I gave access to in my life that were the loudest voices, the biggest opinions, the people that will tell you what's wrong, right? And if you want opinion, they're still gonna tell you. (laughs) But those were the people that crushed me the most when they left my life. It doesn't say that they're bad or I'm bad. It just says I gave my ear to the wrong noise. I, I gave my ear to the wrong noise. And sometimes we want God to speak in this miraculous way. Sometimes we want God to, to bring the fire. Sometimes we want God to speak through the earthquake. We, we want God to speak through this, this big wind. But what if God is speaking and we're not listening because we're waiting for this huge thing, but God is saying, hey, be still. In the whisper, Elijah changes perspective. You can't run anymore. You got to face it. You can't isolate anymore. You got to expose it. We have to leave the excuses and listen to the right noise in our life. We got to get we got to get through this this depression. We got to get through this hopelessness. We got to get through this sadness. And God is here to tell you and as I end here, I want you to hear this. This is a declaration over your life in the midst of your fearful season. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2 and 4 says, "But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, 
He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you, for I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you walk through the rivers, you shall not overwhelm you. But when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. For I am your God, the Holy One Israel, your Savior. I gave, I give Egypt as your ransom. Crush Seba in exchange because you are precious in my eyes and honored. And I love you. I give men in return for you, people in exchange for your life. He's saying, I've created you. I know what you're dealing with. You don't need to hide it. I've redeemed you already. I've spoken life over you already. Stop living the lie and start living what God is calling over your life. Because he's called you whole. He's called you not a mistake. He's called, he's redeemed you. He said he's redeemed you and put a name on you. And you are his. Stop living in fear. And yeah, you might be in a fearful season, but I'm here to tell you, you can overcome. You can overcome if you continually pursue what God has for you and call and start identifying you, not by your issue, but by who he is in you. And stop looking, stop listening to the noises that are gonna derail your life. No, you gotta listen to the small, gentle voice. You need to stop listening to, to, the, to the news, stop listening to the social media and get into your word because that word is gonna be the edify, is gonna edify you for the things and the seasons and the fears in your life. Do you go to the right source? We all deal with issues. We all have come short. But that doesn't mean it's the end. That doesn't mean it's the end. And Elijah had to deal with these emotions. And the emotions dealt with him. But look at what God did. <laughs> he didn't say, Elijah, you are a fool. He didn't say, Elijah, you are disqualified. He didn't say, Elijah, just because you have messed up and you are running doesn't mean that, you know, he said, he, he said, Elijah, what are you doing? Come near. And he says that to you today. Every Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you. And we're in this together.